You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. On any given day, we have dozens of interactions and conversations. Conversations with strangers, close friends, in coffee shops, at work, over a meal, or on the phone. Some conversations are quick and light. Others are long and deep. Conversations matter. They hold the potential to change our whole day, or in some cases, our whole lives. As we read about the life of Jesus from the words of his close friend John, we see that Jesus was constantly engaging in intentional, crucial, and life-changing conversations. These conversations that Jesus had centuries ago can still impact us today. want to welcome everyone worshiping with us today. I want you to know that we care about you. We love you. We like to say everyone at CHCC is family. And so if you ever have a need, feel free to reach out to me, to our staff, to our elders. We care about you. You know, I grew up with a young man named Larry. He was loud. He was obnoxious. He was disruptive. He was kind of like a bull in a china shop, uh, clumsy, uh, would have emotional outbursts. He kind of got on my last nerve. There were times that I just kind of put my head down and would just shake my head and, and probably avoided him from time to time. Recently, I drove by his house that he grew up in, and, and I had some regrets. I thought, you know, I could have been nicer to Larry. I, I could have had some conversations with him. Later on, I learned that his family was just barely getting by financially. He was living with his grandma, with his other siblings, and, and there was just a lot of uh, issues going on in the family. And He, had, he was trying to uh, get through life just with some different emotions that were going on. And, and looking back, I thought, man, I sure wish I would have had some conversations with him. We've been in a series called Conversations with Jesus, and we've been looking at conversations that Jesus has with people and how he's intentional and how they're life-changing conversations and how words have power, how they can make an impact, they can give life or they can give death. And we as Christians, we want to have intentional conversations as well. And today in John chapter 4, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. He has the long, his longest conversation that's recorded in Scripture. And he's uh, on his way back from Judea, heading to Galilee, and he stops in Samaria, which uh, some Jews, especially religious uh, Jews, would avoid Samaria at, at all cost. And he goes to Jacob's well, which is about half a mile outside of a little Samaritan village called Sychar. And he sends his disciples to go get some Chick-fil-A, to go get some lunch. It's about noon, and he encounters this Samaritan woman, and he asks her for a drink. Now, at noon is, is significant. Here's this woman. She comes at noon. Most women would come and get water in the morning in the cool of the day. But she comes at noon. I think it's because she wanted to avoid being around other people. Uh, maybe she was made fun of. Maybe she was gossiped about. We're going to see a little bit later in the story that she does have uh, some things going on in her life. But this woman was shocked that Jesus would ask her for a drink of water because there was all kinds of invisible barriers. We wouldn't see them, but Jews and Samaritans knew that they were there. 
There was the gender barrier between a man and a woman. There was the, and you also had the racial barrier. You had the social barrier. You had uh, these, these barriers such as the moral uh, barrier uh, between this woman and, and her life and, and Jesus's life. And, and Jesus looks at these barriers, these walls, and he's like, all of those don't matter. I don't care what society says. I'm going to be intentional and I'm going to have a conversation with this woman. And again, this woman is shocked. I mean, a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman, a man talking, a Jewish man talking to a woman, period. I mean, that was rare. Some of the teachers of the day said, uh, said you should never talk to a woman out in public, uh, period. I mean, what's a woman going to add to your life? And, and so that's not my words. That's other Jewish teachers that would say that. And then on top of that, he's asking her to, for a drink. I mean, a lot of good Jews, they would never want to use anything touched or used by a, a Samaritan. And, and so this woman is shocked. And, and you, if we look in John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and the well is very deep. And where would you get this living water? First of all, I want you to notice that the gospel is a gift from God. If we want a transformed life, often in our society it says, well, you need to make a change. You need to have self-discipline. You need to buckle up and make some changes in your life. And Jesus says, if you want a, a true life change, it's a gift from God. It's something that I give. It's, from, it's a gift from above. And this woman hears about living water, and she's like, oh, well, I want some living water, some moving water. I mean, that will make my life easier. She doesn't realize that Jesus is talking about something spiritual. If we turn to John chapter 7, and looking at verse 37 through 39, it says this, On the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And when he said living water will flow from his heart, when he said this, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. And, and so Jesus is saying, hey, I have living water. Just like you, your mouth is parched on a hot day. In the same way, I will give you peace. I will give you something that you don't have. And, and this woman is interested in this living water because it's going to make her life easier. Starting at verse 15, John chapter 4, it says, Please, sir, give me this water. Then I will never be thirsty again. I, I, I won't have to come here and get this water. I won't have to be around these women who make fun of me and all kinds of things. And, and Jesus uh, he says something puzzling. He says, Go get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman said. And Jesus said, yeah, I know. You've had five husbands and the person, the man you're living with is, is not your husband. I'm like, whoa. Well, why did Jesus tell her to go get her husband? Was it to show that he's all knowing? Was it to convict her of her sin? Why did Jesus do this? Well, all we know is this woman, she feels a little uncomfortable. Because Jesus is in her mouth. She, he's been reading what's going on in her life. And, and he can, she can tell that, that he's a prophet. H have you ever had someone get personal with you? H have you ever had someone go straight to your heart? Maybe it was a friend, a pastor, a counselor. And, and they start talking and, man, it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. 
Well, this is this woman. She's a little uncomfortable right now because she was like, whoa. I mean, he, he's talking about my life and some things going on there. And so what does she do? She wants to change the subject. She wants to deflect. And so she brings up a political and spiritual issue. She said, you Jews, you worship in Jerusalem. Us Samaritans, we worship here on this mountain. Oh, who's right? Where should you worship at? And she brings up this political controversy. And, and Jesus, he takes time to answer. And basically, he says, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, these places, it's going to come down to worshiping me in spirit and truth. It's not about a place. It's not about a place that worshiping God is, goes beyond that. And, and we see that this woman's amazed at his teaching. And she, she's having this, this transforming conversation. A couple observations that I want to make. One, I think we're a lot more like the Samaritan woman than what we'd like to admit. We too, we have baggage. We have things that we're ashamed of, things that we don't want everyone else to know about. And we too often deflect. We too often change the subject. We don't want to do some of the hard work of, of changing our life. Sometimes when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we say, ah, you know what, let's deal with that later. When someone talks to us, we're like, oh, I don't really want to talk about my struggles in my marriage, or I don't want to really talk about an area that I need to make some changes in. We're a lot like that Samaritan woman. But secondly, I want you to notice that Jesus was patient with this woman. And she, she was, he was patient with her, and, and, he, and he met her where she was at. And he just has this dialogue. And I think so often when we have spiritual conversations with people, it's easy, easy for us to be in a hurry and say, well, let me just say this verse or let, let me say that verse and, and hopefully they'll get it and, and they'll come to know Jesus really quickly. And, and most of the time, it's a long process. It's not just one conversation, but it's a series of conversations. I think it was Tim Keller that, that talked about when spiritual change normally takes a, a long time. It, it, it's a process. It, it's not mechanical, but it's organic. And then he demonstrated it this way. He said, mechanical would be get a load of bricks and you build it up and, and you can do that pretty quickly and you just grow, or that, that tower just uh, builds right up. But organically it would be more like a tree. You plant a tree and there's a lot of things that come into play. You got the soil, you got the weather, does it have enough water, what type of tree it is. And so there's going to be times that yes, it grows and then other times it doesn't grow as much and there's times that it goes through seasons. And in the same way, that's our spiritual life. We, we, sometimes we, we're on fire and we're growing, and then sometimes we're not. And, and sometimes when people come to know Christ, it, it's an up and down journey. And, and I think we have to realize that. We see that Jesus met people where they're at, and I think that's a great lesson for us as well. Something I think it's important for us to also note is before the conversation that Jesus has with the Samaritan woman, he has a conversation with Nicodemus. This religious elite, Sanhedrin, Pharisee, wealthy man, had all of his dots in order. He, morally, I mean, people would have said, oh, yeah, this guy's respected. He's got it right. And Jesus has a conversation with him and says, be reborn. And then he has this conversation with this person on the other end of the spectrum, this, this Samaritan, this woman that has had five husbands. We don't know if she was divorced. We don't know if she was widowed. But regardless, she came to the well in the middle of the day, and I think she was avoiding people. And, and, and that's the thing I love about Jesus. The gospel, it, it, it's for all people. It's for the religious elite, but it's also for the Samaritan. It's for the Larrys of the world. It's for the people that kind of get on our last nerve. I, I asked this question in my life group. I said, who are some people that's really hard for you to love? 
Someone said, homeless person, I just don't know how to relate to them. Another person said, a criminal, maybe a sex offender, maybe someone who hurts people, maybe a terrorist, maybe someone who is an addict. I, I want you to think right now, who's that person that's hard for you to love? Maybe it's a family, maybe it's a relative, maybe it's someone in your job. Who's that person? And then I want you to think, the gospel's for them. The gospel is for them. The gospel is for all people. Now, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, the gospel is for all people. Yeah, that's real easy for us to say. But it's really hard for us to live out, isn't it? It's hard for us to live out. I can say, oh, yeah, Jesus is for everyone. Then are, am I willing to invite that person, that outcast, that person maybe I look down to in my house? Am I willing to have a conversation with them? Am I willing to serve them? Am I willing to worship with them? What if they look differently than I do? What if they have different political views than I do? What if they view life differently? Am I willing to risk enough to have a conversation with them at all cost? We see the Samaritan woman. Her life was changed because she was offered the living water. And you know what she goes and does? She goes back and tells the village and she tells other Samaritans and they come out and they talk to Jesus and they believe and they believe that he was the savior of the world. And so we have this woman who is an outcast who brings people to Jesus. And in the same way, our conversations, when we share our faith story, when we listen and we love and we have compassion for people, the same thing can happen for us. We can see God work. We can see how God uses our conversations to point people to Christ. I think it was Jeff Walling who uh, had this illustration of how he said many times in the Christian world, we don't say this, but we draw circles around people with chalk. We say, well, that person's in and that person's out. We say, well, that person, they're doing A, B, and C, and so they're doing the right things, and so they're a follower of Christ, and that person, well, they don't look right, they don't talk right, they don't do this, and they don't do that, and that person's really not a Christian. And he said, again, we don't, we don't say that. But that's what we do in our minds. He said, but what if we got to a point that we understood the grace of God, that the gospel is for every person in the world, that it overcomes politics, that it overcomes our different views on life, that it overcomes all things, that God's grace is for everyone. And he said, then when I heard about God's grace, I thought, well, I'll just extend my circle and say, oh, there's a few more people that, that can come in. He said, but that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to give him the chop. To give God the chalk and for us to quit drawing circles and quit saying who's in and who's out. And to love people and to be intentional with having conversations and to love people no matter what. So here's my challenge for you. Will you have an intentional conversation with someone that makes you feel uncomfortable with? Will you have a conversation with the Larrys of the world? Will you have a conversation with the Samaritan women of the world? Will you have a conversation with someone that might be drastically different than you? What you do... Who knows what God's going to do with it? It's not our job to judge who's in and out. It's our job simply to have conversations. 